Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Uh, a few years ago, actually quite a few years ago, Amanda and I were flying from where we lived in America back to this side of the world to visit friends and family and uh, we had to take back in those days four flights to get from where we lived in America back to either Auckland or Sydney. And the four flights, the, the two first flights were out of areas that were notoriously bad for bad weather. So what would happen more times than not is the first two flights, something would happen which would make you late for the last flight. So I remember this one time we had two young kids that I think they were like one and three at the time. And we were flying out uh, of Washington, Dallas, and Washington, Dallas had this snowstorm which caused our flight to be three and a half hours late, and we knew that we had a three-hour layover in L.A., so we knew we were going to miss the flight. Now, the stewardess tried to make it really nice and said, hey, well, what we're going to do is we're going to put you up for a night in L.A., which would have been amazing if it was just me and my wife. There is nothing more terrifying than the thought of a night in LA with no baggage and a one and a three-year-old just waiting for a flight. So as we were flying across the country, we made up time. The stewardess said, hey, at the other end, when we land at the domestic terminal in LA, we're going to have Bill there. And Bill is an airport concierge. He's going to meet you at the gate at the domestic terminal. And he's going to get you to your gate at the international terminal because he knows all of the back alleys and back ways to get from domestic to international. I don't know if you've ever been to LA, but it's a small city. Like, it's horrific. There's multiple buildings. So we get off the gate and Bill meets us at the gate. And we're like, Bill, get us to this plane. He's like, if you just watch, don't take your eyes off me, follow me. I've got to tell you, we went down little alleys I didn't know existed. We cut across places. He got us into this little bus thing. The little bus thing went over to the international terminal. We get to the international terminal. We bypass, because we're with Bill, we bypass the, the security screening and we go on this little side uh, like entrance thing and they little check us and then Bill takes us right down through all of these places, gets us to our gate with five minutes to spare. We get on the plane, they shut the door behind us, we take off and we thank the Lord for Bill. I wonder what it would look like if Christians watched Jesus as closely as we watched Bill at LAX. Because in a year of come follow me, being a disciple of Jesus is not a good catchphrase. It's not some cool little bands that we wear on our wrist, but it's a daily posture of watching what Jesus did to get the pattern of life. Do you know that Jesus has a pattern for your marriage, for your friendships, for your internal world, for your whatever decision you are looking at, Jesus has a pattern. He also has a pattern for our generosity. And we are in a series here at Life called The World of the Generous. And before you switch off, generosity is way more than money. Now, for sure, it includes money. But if we limit it to just finance, then we've excluded a whole bunch of areas within our life that God wants us to be generous to help other people. You can be generous with your words. You ever met a stingy person with their words? Pastor Tone and Kath and I and Amanda, we... Uh, went out to a cafe the other day and the cafe, the, the ambience was awesome. The setup was awesome. It was in this old tractor shed. The, the layout was awesome. The lady behind the counter did not reflect 
the atmosphere that the place had bought, the look on her face, I'm sure she had lemons under the counter. <laughs> Hold a minute. What do you want? Like she was, you can be generous. You ever been around someone who's generous with their words? Like you feel like you can take on the world after you've had a conversation with them. And we want to be a church who is generous with every area we live in. You know, uh, Jesus had an encounter with a lady and after one encounter with Jesus, she walked away realizing that she could be a lady who through her life could affect others. And it's in John chapter four, verse four through 15. It says this, now Jesus had to go through Samaria. Let me stop right there. Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria. In fact, every Jew avoided Samaria. They would take the long way round to avoid Samaria. Jesus had to go to Samaria because he wanted his life to be invested into someone else. Can I tell you, I think too many Christians are so goal-focused and so outcome-focused that we miss the thing that God wants to do on the way as we go through work, as we go through the petrol station, as we go through the supermarket, as we go through the parenting phase. How many are in the young parenting phase? Give me a wave if you've got kids under five years old. Bless you. The days are long, but the years are short. But can I tell you, don't just hang on for dear life and wait till the man. When they get to school, life's gonna change. God wants to use your world right now to make a difference in the life of somebody else. So Jesus went through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews did not associate with Samaritans. You know, the Jewish people despised the Samaritan people. They were both descendants of Abraham. You know that song, Father Abraham? sure if we sung it all the fossils would jump on board but we won't do that this morning that song father abraham both the jews and the samaritans were from from abraham they, they had the same lineage but the jews hated the samaritans because some of the decisions they'd made on the way they'd intermarried with their captors they had confused their worship and added some of their captors worship in and and this lady was defenseful defensive at best that a jewish man would talk to her at a well. She was preoccupied with her past and her shame. Can I suggest that Jesus has you in your world at the moment and the people that you don't quite get are the very ones that God wants you to speak life and hope and faith into. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water sir the woman said you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where can I get this living water are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well to drink from himself as did also his sons and his livestock Jesus answered everyone 
who drinks this living water will go, drinks this water will go thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will not thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty again and have to keep coming here to drink water. I love this engagement because although Jesus was sitting by a well and talking about a glass of water in a moment, He was trying to get her to see that this discussion was so much more than a drink in a moment. But she could realize that with who Jesus is, she would get a thirst quencher that will not go away. If I drink a drink of water, it brings healing, nourishment, relief and refreshment. But if I drink from the person of Jesus, if I engage with him and allow him to deposit all of who he is in my life, then I get to live in a place where I have constant access to cleansing, relief, nourishment, and refreshment. It's who Jesus is. And then Jesus says, if you drink from the water I give you, not only will it be life to you, but it will be a well of life springing up out of you for others. Behind me is a photo of Death Valley. Death Valley is a desert just outside California and its average temperature over the summer is 56 degrees Celsius. You think it's hot in Adelaide over the summer when it gets to 40? 56 degrees Celsius and an average year it gets under 50 mils of rainfall. This is what the desert looks like. You know what? I reckon that's what a lot of Christians look like. They're dry, not a lot of life. There's been seasons in my life and in my journey where I've found myself and there's been areas of my life that have looked like this where it's dry, it's just hard work. There's not a lot of life springing forth out of it. But then in 2016, there was an unusual amount of rain in Death Valley and it went from this to this overnight. It sprung forth with water. Can I tell you, I reckon the Samaritan woman walked to that well looking like the first photo of Death Valley. She didn't feel like there was anything on the inside of her. But Jesus then sat down and began to talk to her and unpack her life. So tell me about your life. How many husbands have you had? How many know Jesus doesn't ask a question because he doesn't know the answer? He's leading somewhere. How many husbands do you have? Well, I've had five husbands. We don't know whether... She'd had five husbands because the other four had passed away or whether it had been an ended marriage. That's irrelevant. Jesus wanted to meet her where she was at. And the reason she was at the well in the middle of the day because she was dry and worn out from the skepticism and judgment of the society around her. You know, everyone went to the well either in the cool of the morning or the cool of the evening to draw water. This lady was so committed to avoiding judgment from anyone else, she went in the middle of the day. Can I tell you, you may be committed to avoiding other people, but you will always run into a savior who loves you and who is for you. He will meet you wherever you're at when you're avoiding other people. This is not how this woman would have expected her day to go. She would have expected just to rock up to the well at midday, draw in the Middle Eastern heat of the day, then go home like she had done every other day, avoiding the judgment of others. And Jesus in this moment says to her, you can either draw from that water and go, or you can take from the living water that I wanna give you 
that will produce life and nourishment and freshness for the rest of your life. She's so skeptical that in that moment, when Jesus offers her living water for the now, all she does is talk about the past. Yeah, but this is the well that our forefathers gave us. There was a good day back then, but we're not in that day right now. Too many people, the enemy has us looking back at a good day back when, when Jesus wants to meet you in your now and let you know that your future is bright in him. But Jesus is promising her something far more than convenience. He's not saying to her, if, if you take what I've got for you, you won't have to come in the middle of the day. He's saying, if you take what I've got for you, your entire life will change. I wonder today how many of us feel dry in an area. Maybe you don't feel like there's living water flowing out of you, but it's more like a water cooler or a tap just dripping out of you. And can I encourage you that Jesus is here today, just like he was with the woman in Samaria saying, if you come to me, I wanna give you living water. Those areas of your life that feel lifeless and worthless and breathless, with Jesus in the mix, he can bring life where the enemy has squashed out life. Verse 14, but whoever drinks of this water, I will give them, will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become out of them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Let's be a church who's not just committed to getting the living water for ourselves, but being a spring for us, being generous with our lives, with what God has done, so that other people can drink from the well that God has deposited in you. On Tuesday night, Amanda and I had the opportunity to have dinner with Catherine and Graham Madron. Their son's names are Jacob and Bowen. <laughs> and Kai. And Kira. I'm gonna call Bowen Bobo from now on, just so it's locked in my head, it's Bobo. But we, had, we were sitting there at dinner with Catherine and Graham and just getting to know them, hearing about their story and they're both teachers and uh, Graham is super involved in our soup kitchen. What I loved hearing their story was they're not teachers just because they love teaching. If you talk to Graham, he is just about to change jobs. I don't know if that's public knowledge. It is now, my bad. Um, Holy Spirit. Is it public knowledge? Yep, good. Let's all congratulate Graham on his new job that starts on Thursday. If your boss is in here, I'm sorry for the awkward conversation Monday. But Graham's about to start a new job on Thursday where he goes into the hospitals and he teaches kids. While they are in hospital, whether they're in hospital for a day, a week, a month or long term so they don't get home, they don't get behind on their education. I'm like, yeah, that's noble, that's cool. Then this is what came out of his mouth was I'm not actually interested in their education. I'm like, where was that teacher when I went to school? <laughs> Dude, I would have got straight A's on that one. He's like, what I'm really interested in is in their health and well-being. Listen to me. A teacher cannot give health and well-being, but an individual who has drunk from the living water that Jesus gives can take that living water into a school, into a hospital, into a community kitchen and be living water for someone else. That's not a teacher thing. That's a Christian thing. God wants us to take 
what he's done in us to be a living world for others. The world of the generous. Yeah, but I don't have a big bank account. No, but you've got time and you've got talents and you've got a story and you've got things God has done that you can be generous with to see his kingdom come and his will be done. You and I are called to be wells for others that they can drink from. But a well needs three things. A well needs a bucket, depth, and a source. A well needs a bucket, depth, and a source. I wanna ask us this morning, do we have a source? Do we have depth? And what's the bucket that God has placed in your hand? See, a source speaks to me about don't just do for Jesus, do with Jesus. Don't just do for Jesus, do with Jesus. We don't need to live off the wells of the past. He wants to do something in your today. We don't have to think, well, back then I had an encounter with God. He wants to create a life where we are be being filled. Not I was filled once and now I'm dry, but I have this constant pattern of God, you fill me, God, I give out. God, you fill me, God, I give out. There is this rhythm of life where the well giver gives us water and we become a well for someone else. 1996, I was at a youth camp called Armed and Dangerous. Pastor Tony was probably a leader there because he's a decade older than me. I was a kid, he was a leader. Let's make that real clear. (laughs) You're welcome. 1996, I walked in. I was from a Baptist church. You know it was 1996 because it was called Armed and Dangerous. That's how you know. It's a dead giveaway right there. I rock up to this youth camp and I was from this small little Baptist church, which was awesome, but we didn't kind of experience worship like I walked into. I walk in and saw hundreds of people my age with their hands raised in worship. I'm like, are they smoking something at the door on the way in? Or, But after about session two, I sensed this presence. What I would later discover was the person of Jesus. I said to my leader at the time, I'm like, I want to engage in worship like those people are. He said, so do I. I'm like, I need to get another leader here because this guy. <laughs> so we found someone else and this guy prayed for me and my leader. And we were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what was words on a screen turned into worship out of my heart. But if my story stopped in 1996, I would have a very stale story. I would look like Death Valley. Can I tell you, it is on me then to continue to not just do for Jesus, but do with Jesus, create moments of worship where he can infill me, moments where I say, God, here I am. You never graduate from a dependency on the living water he wants to give. In fact, the more you give out, the more you need in. So you need time to say, Jesus, would you fill me? Two weeks ago, I was in my car and my kids would know this. I do a water check. I, we live four or 500 meters from the water and every, probably 95% of the times that I drive home, I will drive home, go past the beach. This was, I think, about 11 o'clock at night. I drove straight past my home, sat at the beach, even if it's just for 10 seconds, just to see the water. It's like a reset for me. I felt like in that moment, the Holy Spirit say, call your friend who lives in the South Island. Okay, cool. 
thought about calling him in that moment, but there was no real sense of urgency. So the next morning, I pick up the phone, I call my friend, and on the other end of the phone was a blubbering mess, 47-year-old man. I said, mate, what's going on? He began to tell me about how his world was falling apart. He didn't know what to do. He had had thoughts that he had never had before about his future and how to approach it. And, and, and we just sat there for 15 minutes while I let him cry on the other end of the phone. I prayed with him and I said, hey, mate, I'm here to journey with you as much as I can. However, you need some professional help. Can I get you in touch with a psychologist? He's like, I'd love that. So I connected him with a psychologist. In fact, I got a phone call from him at four o'clock in the morning the other morning because he didn't realize I was in Australia, so he got the time zone wrong. And he's like, mate, I can't tell you how beneficial that phone call was and the connection with the psychologist. Okay, can I be real honest with you? I'm not that clever. But Jesus in me, generous with my time, generous with my focus. God, I'm not just here praying about me and my needs and my wants and my desires, but God, I am praying and saying, God, I am open to you. Who's your source who is leading you and guiding you into the future that God has for you? Because the world of the generous gets larger and larger, the Bible says, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. If you're a stingy, your prayer life is about me and my three. If I am generous, my prayer life and my God engagement is not just about me, although it is about me, but it's about me and others and all of a sudden my world gets bigger and bigger friend God has a big world for you let the source lead you to the areas that he wants you to have an impact in so number one I need a source number two I need depth depth to me speaks of I need to be transformed by him you know the word transform is metamorphosis and We've all seen those pictures of a moth that goes into a cocoon, comes out like a butterfly. Do you know that in God, He wants to transform areas of our life? He wants to transform our thinking. He wants to transform our generosity. How many people would say, don't do this. Don't give me a wave because it's awkward. How many people would say you are naturally generous? Because depending on your personality, depending on what you grew up in, depending on a whole bunch of factors. Let's talk about risk appetite. I have a huge risk appetite in terms of if there is an investment to be made, if there is something, I'm all in. Let's sell the house and put all in. Because I grew up with an entrepreneurial father and that worked out once or twice for him. Now he died broke because it didn't work out the other 47 times he tried it. But I'm all in. Let's go. Let's sell the bank. Let's go. Amanda grew up in a home where her dad was extremely cautious. So she lives at the other end of the spectrum. You know, when it comes to generosity, there are some people who are naturally just generous. But then there are some of us who, that's not our natural disposition. Can I tell you, generosity is not a personality trait. It is a God thing that he wants to go through. Without generosity, we wouldn't have salvation. What is it that God wants to transform in you when it comes to generosity? I was a youth pastor way back when. Thank God that I've been delivered from youth pastoring. Um, Sorry, bro. Um, 
But there was a young guy in our youth ministry, his name was Dylan. Dylan was the son of the local drug dealers. Uh, Dylan, for his 12th birthday, was given a bong and a bag of marijuana and was told to smoke it in front of his parents as a rite of passage. Like this kid had some challenges. So he comes into our youth ministry, he gets saved at 14 or 15, and he, he was awesome because if you ever wanted to see genuine worship, you would hear Dylan. Dylan would be in the middle of, now remember, I grew up in a Baptist church. So you couldn't hide behind drums and smoke screens and all that because that stuff's of the devil. All you had was Aunt Pearl on the, on, the, on the organ and Dylan would come in and he had this salvation. He's like, God, you are bleeping awesome. God, you are bleeping amazing. We, we were right next door to the retirement village. One of our growth strategies for church was we would get all the people from the retirement village and bring them over to church. They wanted to get out of the retirement village for a few hours. We need a couple of hundred people for a few hours. Felt like a win-win. Win-win. You should have seen their faces. When the pastor would say, hey, why don't you pray for your family? And Dylan, at the top of his lungs, in the middle of church, I'm like, dude, go and do this outside. In the middle of church, he'd be like, God, I pray for my dad because he's a blip and blip and this. And God, I pray you would blip and deliver him and that you would take our blip and story and turn it into a something that blip and glorifies your name. Part of me loved it. I'll be honest. I had to put on the youth pastor face, the angry face. Like, inside, I'm like, you go, bro. Because <laughs> you are worshiping more genuinely than 90% of the people in this room. Anyway, I turn up to church one day. It's Dylan's baptism day. He'd invited his parents to church. The local, remember, the local drug dealers, right? So I turn up to church 45 minutes early. I get out of my car and I smell it. I'm like... <laughs> I read in a book one time what that smell was. <laughs> and then I confirmed it with Pastor Tone. And he said, that's... <laughs> so I get out of the car and I'm like, I think I know that smell. I walk around the corner and there's Dylan. I'm like, Dylan. He's like, what? I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, my parents are coming to church. I'm really nervous. I don't want to say anything bad. I'm like, dude, you've taken care of all that. Don't worry about it. I'm, it's real bad. It's like, I, don't know, I don't know what to do. I just, I just needed to relax. I'm like, bro, you just finish what you're doing there. We'll talk about that later. We come in. We baptize him. Three years later, I left that church. Dylan became the youth pastor. Two years ago. Listen, wait, before you clap. I love Facebook for one reason only. The rest of it, I hate Facebook, but I love in social media for one reason only. Dylan reached out to me about two years ago. This is 35, 33 years later. Dear Scott, I don't know what you're doing these days, but I want you to know that I have a wife and two kids, and I am now the pastor of the church that you left. Thank you for pointing me to Jesus always. God wants to transform. Yeah, but I'm not generous. God wants to transform. Yeah, but I haven't been generous. God wants to transform. Yeah, but I don't know how to be generous. God wants to transform. To be a well is about having a depth. Why don't you and I spend some time over this month when we're talking about the world of the generous and say, Holy Spirit, show me how do I be generous? 
Because your generosity looks very different to mine. I can think of nothing worse than spending 30 hours a week in a hospital with sick kids. But that's what generosity looks like over here. But you know what? You put me in a room with young leaders who have tenacity about the future and want to build the local church, then I can give of what God's done for 25 years for me and say, why don't you drink from this? And hopefully it inspires you to do something. Your generosity looks different to my generosity, but let's live with a commitment to generosity of giving out of the well that God has placed in us. And it's not about us, it's about Him. So let's, number one, be connected to the source. Number two, live with a depth. And number three, we need a bucket. I'm gonna ask the four people who are helping me out to come and join me on stage. We need a bucket. Look at me. We need a way to give. Not only do we don't just do it for Jesus, we do it with Jesus. We need to be, just look at me, I'm way better looking than them anyway. We need to be transformed by him. But listen, we need a bucket. We need a way to give. This living water is not just for us, it's for others. What would it look like if a few hundred people left church today with a commitment of God, what you've done in me, let it overflow into others. God, as we go into expansion the next few weekends, if I've got something that can help someone else, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me and would you nudge me so that I can do something? John 4, 28 to 30, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village to tell anyone. We read that stuff. We're like, oh, she left her water jar. This was her source of life. This was the very thing that got her through every day, the water jar that went down into the well and brought it up. She didn't need a natural water jar anymore because the living water was in her to flow out from her. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So people came streaming from the village to see him. We've got some buckets here. Every one of us, can we just get rid of this crystal real quick? Every one of us, God has given a bucket. Tay, you're gonna take the blue one. Good. Just hold that. Just hold that. I'll get to you. How many? How many? It's not about you, bro. Just put your hands down. How many love when Tay worships? Honestly, to watch you on stage, you're not just singing some songs. You are worshiping. You're awesome. I love it. Like. Look at the bucket God has given. The worship bucket is amazing. I don't have that worship bucket. If I got up here and worship, anyway, go there. Car park this morning. And you run about 453 groups around here, I hear. Like a connector of people. The ability to make someone feel warm. I was talking to you the other Wednesday night or whenever it is that I got Bobo's name wrong. There was... Listen to me, God's got something in you that you don't need a position or an opportunity or anything for it to flow out of you. He's got it in you. Your ability to see something, your your passion for young guys to have this transformation thing. Man, what a bucket God has given you. 
What do you do in church? Uh, hosting team. Hosting team. Look at this smile. We spent a week in Bali together, didn't we? Well, let me clarify that. <laughs> with Jordy and with Tony and with Kath and most of all with my wife. I went to Bali to perform, I almost said marry Jordan. That would have been worse again. I went to Bali to perform Jordan and Nat's wedding and Chloe was there. You have to be one of the bubbliest, friendly. Like if someone engages with you and walks away miserable, that's not your problem, that's on them. Like the bucket of warmth that God has given you, phenomenal. You know what we do? Is we compare buckets. I mean, look at this little thing. If you could choose to swap a bucket, who would you swap with? Just Tay. Tay? Yeah, me too. It's a great call, by the way. I'd swap with Tay as well. Can you sing as well as Tay, though? You're out of here, bro. Here's the deal. We compare buckets. Man, if only I could be... Man, I wish I was as friendly as Chloe. I genuinely do. My life would be so much better if I was as nice as her. I'm just not that nice. And if I could just sing like Tay. Problem is, if a lot of you could sing like Tay, you'd never come to church because you worship on your own. Different message, don't worry about it. Man, if I could connect, and if I could see potential in someone else, and we compare buckets. Here's the deal. Jesus said, Jesus said, My living water is what I'm going to deposit into your bucket. Whatever your gift, whatever your talent, whatever your bank account, my living water is what is important that, is, that, that, that you realize it doesn't matter how big your bucket is. It doesn't matter how small your bucket is. It doesn't matter whether your bucket puts you on a stage or gives you millions of dollars. It's not about the bucket. It's about the living water that is in the bucket for God to flow up and through us. We may have different buckets, but we've all got the same living water. Some of it comes through worship. Some of it comes through discipleship. Some of it comes through smiling and creating a warm environment. And some of it comes through... Being the husband of the person who smiles. <laughs> what are you doing, church, bro? Media. media. Good. How many thank God for our media team? <laughs> Bobo does media. You, listen, listen. You create worship. Because there's a bunch of us in here. We know the songs that we're singing. We know the next thing that's coming up. What about the new person who this is all very overwhelming and the very fact that you get the lyric up at the right time in the right moment helps them enter into worship and not feel like the odd one out. Thank God for the bucket of technical people. Thank God for the bucket of people who see stuff and create an environment and create atmosphere. But it's not about the bucket. It's about the living water that's in the bucket. For God to get the world of the generous gets larger and larger. But it's about my bucket. Smaller and smaller.
I'm going to finish with this. Thank you, guys. You can give, give these guys a huge, huge hand. They're awesome. I'm going to finish with this scripture. Then I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to pray, and then we're going to worship God. Because the living water comes from a source. It doesn't matter whether you've had the greatest upbringing and your last name is Rainbow because you were blessed to be, genuinely, you were blessed to be in a home that gave great patterns and great model role models and did the best. Oh, you grew up in a home like mine where you watched your dad beat your mum every day. In On our own, none of us have water that can bring life to someone else. We just use our story, our gifts, our talents, our time. Say, God, I'm gonna be generous with it. You use it. Isaiah 32, verse 8, I think it's on the screen. A generous person devises generous things. And by his generosity, he will stand. When was the last time you sat down and you thought, God, you've wired me this way. You've given me this skill set. You've given me this talent. You've given me this resource. How do I be generous with it? I'm gonna devise a way I'm gonna scheme. That word devise means plan and scheme. I'm gonna plan and scheme ways to be generous so that the living water in me can flow through me and make a difference in someone else. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.